I'm Luke, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tony. Tony, hello. Hello. How are we today? Very good. Thank you. Ready to talk all things Mass Effect? Well, as many things as we can think of at any rate. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah, we can yeah. be a bit long-winded sometimes. Yeah. But we'll try to keep it pithy. And to the point. And to the point. And to the point. And hopefully insightful and amusing as well. Ah, many things there. That's a a lot of promises you just put out there all in one sentence. I I promise nothing. Okay. Okay. Just vague assurances it'll be okay. (laughs) The end. So, like... A vague hope. A vague hope that it'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, we wanted to do a podcast about the upcoming... Uh, Bioware game, Mass Effect, Andromeda. Andromeda. Andromeda, with the scary voice, of course. Uh, and so, it's coming out in about a month's time from when we're recording this now. Yep. So, we're doing a couple of podcasts to begin with, uh, talking about the existing games and... Uh, our impressions. Our impressions, our hopes and dreams for what Andromeda could be, potentially. Yep. yep. Um, and so, today's episode, we're going to really just tackle... It's, it's pedigree, it's history, Bioware, what they've done so far, what they've put out in the first three games, and um, what we liked about it, maybe what we didn't like about it, because yep. there's certainly a few things in there that fit into both categories, I think. There are, yes. But I have to say, like, we're definitely both Mass Effect fans. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not a, yeah. Well, we would do a podcast on it if we didn't like it, I suppose. It's probably yep. proof is in the pudding there. Exactly. <laughs> so... Bioware as a company, I mean, it's been around a long time. And a lot of that people that started the company originally came from Black Isle from way back in the day. Yeah. Like Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, you know. Uh, Is our Planescape Torment there as well? I don't think so. No. Some sort of pedigree though. That sort of old school RPGs kind of thing. Uh, But the, the company of Bioware today is definitely a lot different. I don't think anyone from those days is left now. So are you kind of left with a bunch of people trying to imitate and, and mimic what those people and those creative ideas they had. What they brought to the table, yeah. Yeah, back then. So, I mean, you can see that, I suppose, with like if just in the Mass Effect you know, three series. That first game, Mass Effect 1, is different. It's Well, yeah, I think, I think Mass Effect came about because of Knights of the Old Republic. So, Bioware did Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. and then they were forced – well, they, yeah, they were – restricted by the Star Wars canon. Mm. So there were certain things mm. they had to do, there were certain things that they couldn't do. Mm. And they I think they wanted some more freedom. Yep. And so the way to get their own more freedom is to invent their own intellectual property, of indeed. course. Indeed. So I think that's why we ended up with bio or with Mass Effect, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I think they definitely wanted some more creative freedom. Uh, from when working in the Star Wars universe has got to have a lot of restrictions on yeah. it. So that first Mass Effect game was very much Looking at the Knights of the Old Republic, yeah, playstyle, which yep. is very RPG, much yes. less action yeah. oriented. By far, by yeah. far, you could design your, you could be the most five thumbed controller holder, and if you <laughs> designed your character appropriately, they could deflect every blaster bolt ever shot at could them. You. Yeah, yeah. So it really was very stats driven, and mm. work out what you want, what type of character you wanted to play, and then spend your points in those areas. And that first Mass Effect, it, yeah, it definitely that. still. I suppose I kind of take it to be like from, from like an RPG is like either you pause or you don't pause the game yeah. kind of thing. And that makes a huge difference to the style of gameplay you end up with. Are you a pause or an umpire? No, I a- found it very disjointed when you pause. So even mm. the really tough fights, um, Knights of the Old Republic, I remember the Ebon Hawk fight was mm. very difficult and mm. Mass Effect 1. I remember when you rescue Liara to Sony and you get those bounty hunters right at the end of that Liara to Sony mission. Mm. I found that very difficult. Mm. Um, but I find it so disjointed. I really only paused if it was my own incapacity as a player yeah, that yeah. I thought was causing me to die rather than the strategic choices I was making. Yeah. yeah so yeah, if, yeah. if I thought it wasn't me, it was the strategic choices I was making, I'd just play it through and die and play it again and try a different strategy. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately that is what ended up, uh, that is how I ended up beating that, that particular fight. Yeah. But then... I did a subsequent playthrough on Insanity as a biotic mm. and that fight was just way beyond. I, so then I paused that to see if it was me or if it was the character or the gameplay mm. or what and, yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. You just didn't have enough power. And that's one of the things I find about Bioware games is it's mm. almost like they assume everybody's going to play the soldier. 
Mm. So, the f- night, going back to Knights of the Old Republic, that final mm, fight yeah. with um, Malik, Malik. Yeah. he's got like 98% force resistance. And, yeah, of course, yeah. I played a, I like wizards. Yeah. So, I played a very strong force-sensitive character. Mm. And he just resisted everything. There was one force power that had 100% success rate, no matter what their resistance was. Okay. That's pretty much the only power I could ever land on him. Yep, yep. So... I had a friend who played the lightsaber wielding character and he said how disappointing the ending was because it was so easy. Yeah. And the only way I could beat him yeah. was, I went online to find this out, I couldn't <laughs> work it out for myself, is you drop mines all around mm, the build, all around the wow. floor and get him to run over the mines. There's nothing and better than a bit kills of, uh, himself. Bit yeah. of force-powered mines, you know, yeah. really brings kind home of your uh, totally abilities. break your gameplay. So, And I found yeah. the same thing with Mass Effect 1 is that some of the fights you really needed to be a soldier in heavy armor mm. with a rapid-fire assault rifle mm. to finish the fight, particularly at the early levels. Then, of course, the biotics became so powerful by the end, end of the game that it didn't matter that you'd chosen to be a biotic. I did yeah, I did just find those first, the first two or three of the chunky story missions were really quite difficult mm. Mm. as a pure biotic. Mm, I never play biotics. See, I always play. I'm usually the, you play the, the soldier kind. Oh, I love the vanguard. Yeah, yeah. yeah dash like forward, and shotgun them in the face. Yeah, that's it. And then run away. Hopefully, before your shields <laughs> run out, regenerate and rinse and repeat. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm def. I definitely don't like to pause necessarily unless I really feel I need to. It's a big fight, and I'm yeah. not responding fast enough. But I'm definitely like to play more of the real time stuff. So yeah, and it, 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 you know. it like it's the narrative story. Yeah, and you don't. The narrative story doesn't pause. No, it so, doesn't. Yeah, need to it, go. it should just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. So there's definitely been a trend uh, there then to sort of take away more of that pausing kind of tactical aspect and make it more of a real time. Well, yeah, they added the cover mechanic. The cover mechanic yeah. got more sophisticated in two and three. I didn't even really use the cover mechanic in Mass Effect One. I didn't even really. Could, I guess I never played Gears of War. So I yeah. didn't know about a pop and shop kind of um, gameplay before. So I was just standing out in the open, mostly just taking a hit. Hit you your know, heavy armor thing. with your extra shield. Yeah, on. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, soldier, that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, but like, yeah, obviously Mass Effect Two and Three, they really brought that home. Yeah, that really faster-paced yeah. kind of combat. It was clearly a focus of of the particular Mass Effect Two that they. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Mass Effect what Mass Effect One's combat needed improvement, but there was clearly yeah. a focus for Mass Effect Two was to tweak to make make it much more i don't know accessible i guess is the well, word i'm looking for i think it's definitely more accessible yeah yeah one and more fun. more fun yeah definitely i definitely. would never argue that it was less fun never. no 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 definitely i think it was a good move over overall i think if i want it i want that pausing kind of action what i really want then is your um isometric kind of you know uh boulders gate one and two kind yeah. of uh, pills of eternity sort of thing where it the game is designed for you to pause to, and think about your options. Exactly. Even yeah. like when they added it into, um, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Inquisition, Dragon's Inquisition, uh, or Dragon the most Age recent one. Yep. You know, again, that sort of uh, mostly real time combat. I never really paused it unless I was getting creamed for some reason and I was trying to figure out why I went wrong kind yeah. of thing. Maybe yeah. it's good to have it there, but I really just said get rid of it and make that real time combat yeah. better and faster and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, as if there was pausing in Mass Effect 2 there, wasn't there? Uh, you could, yeah, yeah, because you could yeah. pause and issue your squad mates orders. It's orders and stuff like that, which I never did really either. Well, that was a big thing. I'm not sure if it was the advertising of Mass Effect 1 or 2, but <laughs> they made a big deal of the fact yeah. that you could order your squad mates to move somewhere and then attack a specific yeah. enemy with a specific power. But, but I never when I tried it. doing it, it never really it worked, worked as elegantly as they... No, didn't think it was going to. no, so I never did it. I, well, obviously not, because I don't even remember whether you could do it or not. I well, I did. Sure. I often told my squad mates to use a specific power at a specific time because I played a biotic. I set up a lot of the combos by uh, having the, yes, the, the continuous biotic power on them yep, yep. and then get Garrus to do his concussion shot, which would explode the biotic power. Mm. Oh, and I particularly liked mm. in Mass Effect 1 in the Sovereign fight when you're in the spaceship, Yeah, I particularly liked uh, removing their gravity with whichever biotic power that was yes. and then getting someone to shoot them off into space, space. and watch them helplessly flying off into space, space. Yes. with all the hit points still intact. Yep, yep. Fantastic. quite amusing. That's That was good. Yeah, definitely some fun combo mechanic stuff, you know, 
Yeah, definitely. I always liked picking uh, myself with an ice weapon with a submachine gun. Oh, the, so yes. a high chance of freezing, freezing them. them and then pick other characters. And they animated the, that so yeah. well too that they'd slow down and then they'd stop and, and freeze, freeze and then fall over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that was great. Really, it really felt like you'd frozen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then definitely. you'd shatter them subsequently. Yeah. And they wouldn't thaw out and leave lots of blood splatter everywhere, which was good. Mm, mm, yeah, well, that, would, yeah. Well, then you've got to call it's the It's a frozen people the, uh, on your visor. That wouldn't be any <laughs> Don't want any of that stuff going yeah. on. No windscreen wipers on the visor. How do you keep, how do you keep your space? I know, it's a Formula helmets. One. You just rip, rip the, off of the new thing. Yeah, rip done. off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mini Mass Effect fields, I'm sure. That's what it is. Yes. It's always about the Mass Effect fields. Yes. So if the combat's gotten more streamlined, the story probably hasn't, though. The story got more and more complicated and more in-depth, maybe to their own detriment by the end there, trying to bring all this stuff back together. But I certainly felt the story was more in-depth than, say, like in Knights of the Republic. Oh yeah, well it's three, it was three games worth of continuous story, and so yeah. it's kind of like that Star Wars arc, yep. where there's the, the initial reveal at the end of Mass Effect One. You finally find out who the antagonist is yep. and what they're all about. Yeah, and then Mass Effect Two, there was that fantastic build up to the suicide mission, mm. and mm. Uh, I, I particularly remember the reveal of who the collectors actually were. That was good. And, and Mass Effect, that's, that was very clever usage, and yeah. then they they used that to well to. to Good advantage in the enemies you fought in Mass Effect Three. Yep, that yep. They were using that mechanic that they'd set up in yep. the previous game. So yeah, 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 the story got more complicated. And of course, what then happened was you had so many more choices. Yeah, and the game had to map out those choices as best it could. Yes. So yes. yeah, I'm not sure if they got a little overambitious towards the end, or I can imagine that the decision trees that they would have had, oh. there would have been like a thousand branches off. Specific, specific decision stuff. trees that they kept going. Well, you were telling me about how one of the choices about the Rachni, whether you save or let the Rachni Yes, go. the Rachni Queen from Mass Effect, Effect 1, 1, which is a really impactful choice. Yeah. Uh, did, did the, the detail that they went to, like the way she spoke, the way the Rachni Queen spoke, they're talking mm. about the singing and the colors and it just that yeah. were really alien and they did a yes. really good job of getting this alien and it cared about its children and it knew why. Everyone hated yeah. the Rack Nine. It was yep. promising. It was not going to be a threat. Mm. So they did this really. I got, I got really invested in that mm. story. Of course, yep. I saved the Rack Nine because I'm I'm always the um, the good guy. The good guy. What's what's no, called Paragon. Paragon. I'm always the Paragon. No, I murdered them all because yeah. they, were, they were like they yeah. took over the galaxy. We yeah. had to like genetically engineer a species to fight them off. I figured that was probably. Yeah, Put the bottle back on the. Although dangerous. I think I felt guilty about it, and I think I like to live in in number three. Right when that yeah. came around, so I I, I redeemed myself. Was but fine. yeah, but your your point you were making was mm. such an impactful choice from Mass Effect One. Mm. From how I saw it in Mass Effect Three, it boiled down to: is the Cerberus controlled Rachni Queen completely synthetic, or is she the actual Rachni Queen that you saved yeah. with cybernetic implants on controlling her behaviours? Yeah, yeah. And I like that's a really disappointing choice. If you chose to save her, mm. her race is doomed anyway because of Cerberus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was a little disappointed with that mm. choice. Mm. Uh, but I like some of the other ones, like, um, you know, even like little ones where you can choose to – Punch the reporter or not? Yes, so give it a lot yes. of. And what was that annoying guy's name that kept cropping up? Oh, the fan. Yeah, no. the blonde fan guy, Carl Connor Carter. Something I can't remember his name now. Yeah, he keep bothering you about yeah. stuff. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah. And that actually, he changed his responses based on how you treated him in the previous game, game as well. That was good. Yeah. Um, there was also another one I remember in number two. I think you're in Omega Station and you stop a young kid going in, getting involved in a gang. I think you can like knock him out and stop him from coming on a mission with you that probably would have got him killed. Yeah. Kind of thing, which is nice as well. So you can choose to have a conscious. Even if you are a renegade, you can still choose to like. Go against his wishes, yeah, and do what you think is best, and stop him from dying. Kind you just of thing. do it the hard way by knocking him senseless. Senseless, yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I, I love the story. I love the world. I love the universe. That for me, definitely, uh, I like RPG. I like adventure games. I like science yes. fiction and fantasy because I love the world. Yeah, that they oh, and built. they put so much effort into it. Like you knew about. The Rachni Wars, which yep. you know didn't happen a long time before the game mm. was set, yep. and there was all the stuff in the Citadel that they did such a good job of the mm. Citadel and the Keepers, and yeah. no one actually knew everything. Mm. And they definitely they teased a little bit about what the Keepers were, where they're coming from. There was a little investigation missions to yeah. find out about them more. 
yeah, it felt like the world felt like it had been around for a while. I couldn't, I didn't feel like I ever hit the edges of it to sort of go, oh, they haven't flicked out this bit of the world yet. Like it's all a little bit. No, no, it's very good. And then, yeah, and stuff, they continued that on. There was stuff from, like I don't particularly remember the Batarians being a major player in Mass Effect 1. They never DLC. Yeah, there was a, yeah there was a couple of that was, specific missions, and, yeah. but then they became quite important towards mm. the end of the series. Yep, yep. In what's left of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they did a good job of keeping the world going and changing and being alive. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. And I hope that's probably one thing I hope the most about Andromeda is. They promise all these new worlds to explore and and things of that nature. I really want them to um, come through on that promise of having given you a whole galaxy to explore rather than just a, yeah. um, a sort of small subsection of certain places in the galaxy. Yeah, so, well, so we certainly we've got a lot more to touch on with our hopes and dreams for Andromeda. Yeah, definitely. I was getting ahead, getting ahead. Yeah, you're getting ahead of ahead of yourself. We're talking about the um, old games. The old games. Talking about the pedigree. <laughs> I suppose we can't probably no, I can't do about story without sort of talking about how it finishes. You know, yes. like that's yes. which you know what? I was thinking about this the other day as well. Um the ending didn't bother me that much that it wasn't great because as a reader of Stephen King, you become used to bad endings. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like and I don't think I don't think a bad ending uh and I do think it was a bad ending. Like I don't think well, well it definitely wasn't great by any stretch. Um, and I don't, but I don't think that invalidates the rest of it. No, no, exactly. There were moments of, of brilliance leading up to the somewhat lackluster ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, I specifically remember uh, the mission where you had the, going back to the Rachni again because that was Grunt was involved in that mission in Mass Effect 3. Oh, yes, and yes. And you think he sacrificed his life and, you know, that's a, that's a glorious sacrifice. It's perfect death for a... Yeah, Krogan, and then yep. then when he came out because I'd made the right choices in my previous places. Then when he came out of the hive and he's still alive, I actually said, "You glorious bastard!" to my television <laughs> screen. I was that invested in the character and the story. Really? That yeah, I, yeah, you know, expressed out loud. It was yeah, just, so they did some fantastic things mm. leading mm. up to the somewhat lackluster ending. ending. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good point. I just thought just then as well about the characters that you come in contact with throughout yes. the story. There are certainly some memorable ones and there's some very non Some quite forgettable ones. Ones as well, you know, like, uh, you know, Grunt was great. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Um, Rex. Rex. Rex was excellent. Yep. yep. I even like the Doctor. You Dr. Know, Chuck Wass. Yeah, that yes. you drink with in the med bay yes, and stuff, you know, she good. was great. But like, um, uh, the other Caden. Krogan leader. If, Rex? No, not no. So oh. Rex is the leader. If you if something happened in Mass Effect One, I think if you didn't blame Mass Effect One, Rex is a leader in Mass Effect Two. Oh, okay. But otherwise, it's Rex's cousin. Oh, okay. and so you see how forgettable he is. You've forgotten who yeah, he is. You know who was? Yeah, it was yeah. there. Oh God, yeah. No, Caden uh, and Ashley didn't really. Yes. Care about yeah, those characters. They were somewhat forget. You well, know? the choice was still difficult for me. I still found the choice difficult in in. Uh, Vermeer, yeah, Vermeer. When you got to say who who lives and who dies, blows up. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. But I, it wasn't much of a choice for me because I didn't like one of them. So, oh yeah, who'd you kill? Yeah, uh, Ashley. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I killed Ashley twice and Caden once in yep. my three playthroughs. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, so I didn't. Re- I didn't see that choice coming. I didn't see it as being a death one. So I picked Caden to go on the mission because I trusted Caden to get the job done. Yeah, and that's I, that's know. what I thought the choice was initially as well. I thought yeah. it was which one of these two do you think is more competent yep. and more likely to come out alive? Yeah. But yep. then the dialogue that you get once you make the choice is like, I went, oh, hang oh, on, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting them to say. All right. It looks like I'm stuck with the xenophobe for a while. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, but see, I don't really, yeah, it didn't really capture me very much. Well, and then there's side carries like, um, is it Major Kirihi, the Salarian commander on that? I found oh, yeah. him quite memorable. He was really yeah, good. Yeah. He was, yeah. Oh. Yep. The Krogan female was great as well. Yes, in Mass Effect 2. 2, yep. yep. Trying to save is her that and two stuff. or three? No, three. Two, three? Three. three. Yeah, Genophage. Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, she was very good. Uh, Moradin had, was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved him. He was fantastic. And um, his his um, sex education advice 
was superb. Oh, that's very funny. That's so great. he knows he knows who you've chosen oh, as really? your love interest, oh, and fantastic. right before the suicide mission yep. goes off, he gives you a little bit of unsolicited advice. Oh, fantastic. It's very good, yeah. and it's specific to which character you're with. Little details. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Little little details, on little details, I was I was wanting to say that I did play through mm. Mass Effect One three times, and on my even on my third playthrough, I was yep. seeing cutscenes that I had never seen before. So they put so much effort mm. into various bits, and you make certain choices, and you go down certain paths. Oh, and I still saw new content even on my third playthrough. Every time that really time. impressed me. Yep, yep. They definitely, yeah. So, and, and yeah, maybe that's why you can't have a satisfactory ending because there's so much of your personal story. You almost need to have 50 different endings to sort of fit with the type of character that you've played with the decisions you've made to make it sort of incongru- make it yeah. congruous with what decisions you've made. Like I don't know that you could have found a way to satisfactorily end it. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's the very problem that they found. Yeah, maybe. Like I didn't even mind the ghost kid. Other people complain about that. The star child. Star child or whatever. I mean, yes. it was just, to me, it was just like the AI deciding a, a character that you'd be sympathetic towards. Yeah. So they picked the kid that you had a, an emotional um traumatic experience with kind of thing yeah. um, as you as the avatar for it. I didn't think it was anything more than that. I think people probably read into it. I, yeah, maybe because they were so angry about it, looking for all things to pick on. They were trying to find something to, yeah, to, to redeem it, I think. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, overall, though, I, I'm looking, so looking forward to going back into a new a new one and exploring more oh, of the yeah. universe. And then- yeah, and of course it's set before, well, the people, even though it's – 600 years in the future, the people left before Mass Effect 3 ever happened. Mm, so see. they don't have to retcon an ending or anything. The, those, those, everybody is. in Andromeda is yeah. not going to know what the heck happened it's a in the Milky Way sh- Galaxy. very smart move. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Clever. Very clever. Because um, they were all fairly permanent, yeah. all those three or four. I, I've never played the revised ending, which gives you that fourth choice, the red, green, blue, or... Black, I guess, the fourth choice now is, where you choose to do nothing and let the Reapers continue on in their conquests. But I've never played that. But, yeah, so any one of those endings is fairly significant difference. Yeah. Synthesis or domination Mm. or destruction. Yep, yep. It's fairly significant outcomes to them. Yeah, and none of of them seem particularly – I need to go back and actually – Pay more attention to what the choices are again. Yeah, and, and there's no good really ending. Think about what my what my shepherd might have picked a little bit better. Yeah, there's no actual good ending. You do have to work out what would your shepherd choose to do and pick the lesser of three weevils. Yeah, 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 yeah. or four if you've got the extra choice. Where you do well, that's not picking, is it? Yep. Well, they always say even doing nothing is making a choice. So that is true. There that are four true. choices still. You know what I've missed. Um, recently, I realised coming from playing, um, uh, I've been playing um, Star Wars: Your Republic, the MMO that Bioware does. Yep. Um, and in that, they've got the Bioware choice wheel. Yes. You know, and yes. that little mechanic of being able to pick um, either, like, I suppose it's like you can either go forward in the conversation tree and pick one of three responses that have different emotional connotations, or go back. Kind of, I always think of it going back and like re, re-digging into that particular level of the conversation and, and yeah. inquire more kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing, Nitro Republic uses, don't have the back option, you can't investigate further, but you definitely have the three choices. Yeah. And they have a light and dark option as well. Uh, and then going and playing at Guild Wars 2 where there's no option for your character to pick something else. You can pick decision trees like in which faction you want to join with, but there's not that, they just talk, the characters just talk to each other. Yeah. It really made a difference to how invested I was in the character. Like, because okay. I just felt like it was a story that I was watching. It wasn't your story, not my story. But yeah. with the with the the Bioware games, I always feel like I am whatever character yeah. it is and whatever game it is, kind of thing. You know, and it, it, it's pretty good. You really do get a sense of of what your shepherd is is like and what your shepherd is about. So the only thing, the only criticism I would have of that vague statement that you choose is a couple of times I misinterpreted what they meant by that vague statement mm. and then my shepherd said something that was completely contradictory to how I thought yes. my shepherd was yes. and I went oh how no, do I take that back no, that's not what I wanted to say at all I didn't think that's what it was Does I'm trying to think now I'm trying to get, remember all the different 
different conversation wheels I've had in all the different games because I think Dragon Age has very obvious markers to say which like is it an angry yeah, response so or a happy response? Knights of the Old Republic and Dragon Age yep. Origins, I think they actually had the text of what your character said and they never read it back to you. That is, so you, That's right. You chose yeah. exactly what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. But then by Dragon Age 2, yep. they'd introduced the sarcastic, the humorous, yeah. the lovey-dovey oh, okay. and the so it was that sort diplomatic of kind of answer. Thing. Yeah. So that was... I mean, that was pretty good because you didn't know what you were going to say, but you knew what the tone was going to be. That's And that's more of what I cared about as well. Like, don't really... Because I'm a reader as well. What would happen is if, if it gave me the text to read, read I'll read it options. and skip it. Oh, okay. I won't actually... I'll just read it. I won't actually hear any of the dialogue being voiced because I'm just skipping yeah. over it because I'm just reading it way faster than it takes yeah. me to listen to it. But where I, but it doesn't give me... So it just give me the... Which sort of direction do I want to probe? And then I get to enjoy the dialogue still. So I get a choice and I get to enjoy the dialogue as well. And and it's such a good system. I want everyone to use it. But it's more of a... It's more of an immersive story. You're yes. not reading it and going, yeah. okay, what's well, next? You're watching. And they put a lot of effort into the animation of the characters. Oh, so. you know, and the voice acting's phenomenal yeah, as well. Like, good. I love Jennifer Hale because I played yes. Femme Shep in all my playthroughs. I don't, I don't think I've actually played a male shepherd through any of my playthroughs at all because I love Jennifer Hale's performance. Yeah, and yeah. even when I, um, when I played Star Wars, she does the, uh, the female trooper in that oh, yeah. as well. So I was like, oh, it's going to be a female trooper then because I've got to hear Jennifer Hale's voice again doing all the lines in that as well. So, yeah, that um, that conversation wheel, I hope they don't – well, I don't think they'll change it. I suppose it'll just be – No, apparently insane. they've gone with that Dragon Age 2. I think I was reading something recently where it's gone for the – the um, The different tones. It's not Paragon and Renegade. Yeah, the different tones. That's what yep. I'm trying to say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah, gone yeah, with the different yeah. tones. Mm. Do we know if there's going to be a, um, a light, light and dark side? I'd say that's no, the thing. That's like, another uh, one of the things that they're talking. So there's not there hasn't been a lot of promotional stuff yeah. to date. Now they're releasing waves and waves of promotional stuff. Yeah. Now that it's only one month out, but they were saying that they've they've gone away with the traditional light side, dark side, renegade, paragon. Yeah. Choices and the world's much more grey and grey. It's not black and white. It's well, grey and grey. That was always the thing, see, because I always wanted to make my characters neutral, because like, well, especially with Star Wars, like with Natural Republic, they would be. A grey Jedi because they kind of be a bit of a light side. And yeah, dark but side, there's no maybe. game mechanic benefit for know, doing that. There isn't. I know. That's what's so annoying about it. You need to it. choose one. You, do, to get the you benefits. do. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is silly because then it kind of you, you got this conversation wheel which gives you all these options about which direction you want to push conversations and whatnot. But yet it's all reduced down to a number of whether how many light side or dark side points. Well, you it's interesting because they actually hid that mechanic from Mass Effect One. So there were actually uh, there were actually benefits based on your renegade or paragon uh, level, but they okay. hid it. They never told you you were Back getting those benefits. Remember it from that, but they did have it in Mass Effect too. I'm they did. Sure. Then it became yeah, clear what benefits you were things. getting. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Knights nice, of the Old Republic. There was I think there were certain powers that would only unlock mm. when you got to a certain level of light side or dark side. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, there's so they did, more bonuses. They did stuff. try and remove that element by. Yeah. Hiding, hiding the choice, hiding the results of your choice yep. from you, but it was it was actually still there. Yeah, see, I yeah faster oh, okay. re, faster weapon cooldown times on Renegade and and something peaceful and positive and Paragon well, sounds like nice, that. but really what needs to be a triangle. So at least if you can pick, you pick the middle, you get a little bit from all the outside yes. bits, and if you go full yeah. on one, you sacrifice others yeah. so that you get more on this side. That would be I don't know, we'll have to yeah, see, but yeah. yeah yeah, I definitely don't like just having to play evil just to be evil. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Like, well, like, I don't know. I feel like when you when you give me a thing and say you have to be either fully good or fully bad. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, like I don't- You can't like, actually make the choice, the situational yeah. choice. And yeah, like, I so see what many you're of, saying. So yeah. many of their choices are dilemmas. You know, they're, yeah. they're very much like, oh, these- mm, mm, And when know? they introduced the interrupt options, so many of the interrupt options in Mass Effect were renegade. And you'd punch mm. someone or you'd stick yeah. a knife in their back or yep. something. There yep. are very, very few Paragon options where you got to yeah. make something good happen. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Yep, yep. Yeah, I see mm. what you're saying. It, it, a situational choice. So, if you're continuously flipping between Paragon and Renegade responses, you would never get that game mechanic benefit. No, you wouldn't. Of being strongly know. one way or the other. I, th- I think I like to play. I like to play like a rogue kind of character. Yeah. When I'm doing an RPG sort of thing. So sometimes, you know, uh, maybe it's sort of like a 
no, not even Robin Hood. Like if I like someone, I'll do something good for them and I want to just do something good for them, you know, because they're a jolly good chap, you know, kind of yes. thing. And if someone's being a prick, I want to stab them in the ass. Like, is that too much to, you know, like he's not a binary character. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, speaking on that, I remember I had a particularly good playthrough of, um, I think it was Shadows of Undrin Tide, one of the expansions oh, yeah, for okay. Neverwinter Never Nights, yeah, yeah. and I played a character that went along with you with the good options right up until the last option. Because mm. they did it all the way through, even if you were being super goody-goody, there was always a really evil choice <laughs> right at the end of the tree. So I was always choosing that really evil choice yeah, yeah. right at the end, leading people along, oh, thinking I was going to help them. And then, and then you just no, like, give me all your money. I don't like you anymore. You were just... You really were quite chaotic evil then. Yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed that playthrough. It was quite amusing. I don't yeah. like playing bad guys, but I like that bad guy for some reason. Shadows of Undrin Tide. That wasn't the that wasn't the best DLC for that game. No, I don't no, think. it wasn't. The Underdark one I really enjoyed. I think was that the Dark one. Drow of the Underdark or something was it? Yeah, yeah something like I can't, that. was yeah. something Underdark. I'm sure everyone listening is going to know what it is. But yeah, be I can't be remember. Look it up and stuff. Um, we yeah. need a researcher. We need a researcher to join us who can just sit there with an iPad as we're talking crap and <laughs> yeah, just, actually give us the actual results. The stats and stuff. Yes, all right. On the, on the list of things to add to the podcast, apart from finding a name of the podcast. Introduce we'll, a shadow uh, broker. Yeah, <laughs> shadow broker. Give, shadow give broker. me the dossier, please. Yes. Uh, you know, and like on the mechanics, I, I'm half on the gearing side of the mechanics uh, and like the point stats kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't I didn't necessarily like I don't get any of them to be honest. I don't think any of the stats and ammo gear stuff got it right in any three of the well, games. I, I like the stats in Mass Effect One. Yes. Where there was absolutely no way you were yeah. gonna fill out your tree. Yeah. And yeah. the further you got into a specific tree, the more powerful you got in that area. And notice it'll be powerful in that yes. area. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like any of the didn't particularly like any of the stats or or weapon upgrade sort of stuff in any three of the games okay myself like i thought they were okay and like one definitely wasn't my favorite um and i thought like all the mods and stuff were too cumbersome to go through and having to constantly switch them out all the time yes. for different things was just come i was playing the interface as opposed to playing the game and they weren't all born equal as well no which was kind of weird so they would give you these choices and then they'd give you this one that was obviously superior to every other choice. Yeah, so yeah. You yeah. just throw that into all your suits of armor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't even remember which one it was now, but there was one that just stood out yeah, above all the others. Just too much better. And then like number two, they kind of dumbed it down. They went too far the other direction. And yeah, well, they gave you the ammo powers instead of the... Yeah. They actually removed the inventory altogether. So you just yeah. had you just had the weapons which, based on what class mm, you were. Yeah, which I didn't like either, you know. I didn't no. Really, yeah, I there was, like, wasn't and that. then number three kind of... Yeah, it's probably the better of all three. Well, in fact, in number three, I n didn't use my weapons at all. I would run around with just a pistol on my back, oh, and that gave me plus two hundred percent biotic <sighs> cooldowns. That's right, because they linked the we what weapons you copied to your recharge. To your recharge time. time, so I could recharge my biotic powers really quickly and could just fling them around all the time. Which just didn't. Well, it was good, yeah, but but it meant finding like how many weapons were there? Fifty six different weapons in the game. Yeah, and then what? you know, I thought, oh wow, a new weapon that I'm never going to use. use. <laughs> When you say 50 weapons, though, there was more like 50 assault rifles and six other guns in classes. <laughs> no, there were quite a few sniper rifles as well, but well, yeah. yeah okay. Very few pistols, rifles. very few shotguns. Very, very few, few submachine guns. Yes. That's a chronic problem with Mass Effect games is lack of submachine guns. Shotguns and submachine guns, okay? That's all I want. I want to run in, hit him with a shotgun, flip out the weapon, and then lay in with submachine gun fire as I run back to cover. Yeah, yeah. That's how I play. You know, kind of, that's like my, my default kind of strategy. Bring down their barriers quickly. Yeah, get it, that's exactly right. Take the armor or shield away. You should actually do it the other then, way around. Submachine gun them first, get rid of their barriers, then jump um, into their face and shotgun them in the face. Yeah, probably a little bit of that too with the Vanguard, you know, sort of get them come out of cover first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, generally speaking, that's how I like to play. So I yeah. want more of those. Very few submachine. Was there three submachine guns? I think maybe it was, three. Many at I think there was only two in number two or something as okay. well. Or yeah. it felt that way because you didn't get one of the guns. Like yeah, you, you got one right at the end. At the end, and that was like the best one. And yeah. you had to play through the whole game with a crappy gun. Yes. Like yeah, and the resource management. Like you either had not enough stuff to buy what you wanted, or then too much stuff where you bought everything and had. Just yeah. piles of cargo well, full of mats. When you... they swapped from the weapon cooldown from Mass Effect 1 yes. to, the to the heat sink, sink. discharge thing, yep. but then they gave you so many heat sinks, it never became a resource you had to manage. So why didn't they go to the cooldown thing, which yeah. I didn't mind as a mechanic either. Like I thought cooldown made 
made sense. No, and there were a couple of fights right near the end, particularly where there was a Geth Prime and three Geth Juggernauts and two Geth Rocket Launcher guys, and you just wanted to keep shooting. Yep. That I overheated my gun so many times in those situations because mm. I, you know, there were too many targets that I wanted to keep mm. shooting at. So that yep. that yep. played in quite well. And then you have to yep. go ah, find some cover while my gun cools down. down I can't yep. do anything. Switch guns out. Do the next one. Wait for it to cool down. You know, kind of, and you can do like the quick. Uh, did that did that have a quick cool and cool flush. down flush thing if you I'm hit not, the button at the right yeah, time? I'm not sure whether I can't remember. If they did, I didn't use it. Yeah, it is hard to get used to hitting that button the second time to get the quick reload. Yeah, in. Yeah, um, but that was an interesting choice to, to come up with that. Effectively, they were ammo. You know, it was yeah, it was ammo by, by another name. Yeah, effectively, uh, it wasn't really. And yet, they acquired that bit in that mythology of Mass Effect One in the the codex about how it was just a block of metal inside the gun and then the mass effect field sharded off oh, tiny slivers of yeah, that block that so and that's cool. why the gun heated up yep. because it was flinging out these red hot pieces of metal, metal at high speeds yeah you know, so then yeah. it eventually heated up too much because the gun was also made out of metal yeah that's cool and then they came up with some retcon thing where now we can dissipate all that heat out through this yeah and i kind of took it as being ammo like, pack yeah i kind of took it as like, like it's some sort of like it's, it's very wasteful and only the military probably, like high-end military, use them because they're so wasteful. You're, yeah. you're building out these one-time-use cooling things where you could have one that didn't fire as fast, but you know, yeah, could overheat kind of yeah. thing. Like I, I didn't didn't mind the retcon on that one, but I just, uh, I guess, I wanted more. I, I, I maybe I'm just being fussy. Like I don't want too much inventory management crap. Like Dragon's Inquisition kind of had too much stuff to go through yeah, all the time. Yeah. With, you're always finding new loot and working yeah. out whether it's better than what you had. Yeah. And then it's kind of disappointing when you find it and it looks interesting, but it's not actually better than what you've got. Yeah. So then you're constantly getting disappointed. I would like disappointed. sort of a set piece system to take in like a concept from like an MMO where you, or, or one tablet three has it as well, like where you have, if you have X amount of pieces of a kit, you get a bonus for having that kit. And then it gives you sort of, like you sort of, you get your armor set that you start the game with. And you start getting new pieces, and when you get three, you get an extra bonus. Well, did, from they that, kind you know, of did kind of something thing. like that with the armor? They did, I think. And, but I think it was just the, the way it looked. The, the specific armor sets, like I remember, one was very health regen focused, and one was very energy yeah. shield regen focused, and one was extra damage, and one gave yeah, you extra so ammo slots. Just complaining un, unjustified. Well, no, but then you didn't get a bonus for other than the way your character looked. You didn't actually get a bonus for having all the, all the pieces sets the same. Stuff, you know. Yeah, what I would really like would make me happy is if you had armor shells, so you could just pick, you could find shells and and spend your resources and money and stuff getting different shells to change the character looks, and all the shells have like inserts that you put in there to set your stats out with, kind of thing. Yeah. which is kind of like Mass Effect. No, did any have which had mods? Mass Effect One had mods Mass Effect for the guns, but not for the armor. Oh, you're talking about the bits you could add on. Yeah. So then they did that in Mass Effect 2, two but pick... they were very limited. Yeah, I want more flexibility with that. Then... I want each piece to have like I can either go extra shielding or extra armor or maybe something Well, specifically else something. when they've got that whole mechanic where yeah. rapid fire stuff is good against shields, but slow fire stuff is good against armor. So then if you could do like Intel dossiers and what you were about to what the mission you were about to do was. Yeah. There's lots of we- enemies with rapid fire weapons in this mission. Then okay, well now I can deck myself out with more armor yeah. and less shielding. That's right. I think with Mass Effect you know, 2 or 3, whichever one it was, one one set of armor had like different things you could pick for it, but if you got like the you know, DLC armor, it was just boom, these are your stats. That's yeah, it. yeah, no, yeah. There was no change. Yeah, so what there was the collector's armor and, yeah, and then the there was the Dragon Blood Age Dragon armor, armor from Dragon, Dragon Age, Age and yeah. Stuff like that. So it's only that one set had a few things that you could change. Like I'll put an which I liked, you know, put an ammo thing on your on your leg yeah. to hold more ammo. Well, it makes sense, you know. Yeah, it takes, it you know, sort of thing, you know. Or I could put a shield generated there maybe instead. Something more like that where you can really get in there and customize your armor and stuff. I don't know. Maybe that make, maybe that just makes the appeal go down. Well, it kind of felt like it had been half implemented that they thought, mm. yeah, this is a good idea, but we're not going to spend too much time on this. But yeah, well, yeah. that's another point. Development time has to be spent somewhere. You can't. Yeah, spend yeah. It everywhere, and in all honesty, I'd rather they put it into the story and the excellent cutscenes. Yeah, and I'll just put up with the gun mechanic and the armor mechanic. Can you just with. be deal with it? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. That that might just be. Yeah, if they did just did Mass Effect. Uh, did the three what we had in three was fine i thought i didn't didn't feel like i was spending time in the menus 
messing around for no reason kind yeah. of thing. Like I wasn't playing the interface. Uh, yeah. You know. Which I did um, very much in Dragon Age Inquisition with all that crafting. Oh, my God. There was so much stuff you could craft and you could put the different metals in and get a different yeah. colors. And yep. then you yep. spend half an hour deciding what you're going to craft. And then, <laughs> so yeah, I crafted one awesome suit of armor for Cassandra and then she just wore that for the rest of the game. Done. Probably which was done. kind of disappointing, but yeah, we at the same too much time. Yeah, time in it, you know, kind of thing. You almost want, you want it to to be worthwhile whatever whatever time it is you put into it you want it to be worth something at the end well and it's a difficult mechanic because if you've got magic items i mm. say that in inverted quotes yeah you want the magic items to be better than the standard items and if well, you've got crafting items you obviously yeah. want the crafting items either to be completely different from the standard items so yep. you can craft equipment that you can't get any other way yeah or then you want to have significantly enhanced crafting materials so you can craft the equivalent of inverted quotes magic items yeah you're right i don't want any crafting systems in the new one yeah well i think you're out of, I think you're out of luck i be... think it's no man's mm. sky meets mass effect mm. yeah all right which mm. it, it, thematically it kind of works because you're in a whole new well, galaxy there's you know, you've got all this stuff that you've never seen before and, and yeah and i guess it depends whether it's well, again, crafting can be all mean lots of different things and whatnot. I don't want them to try to put an MMO-style crafting no. system in there when they're not going to give it the detail it needs to actually succeed and work. And they don't usually work in a, in a single-player game anyway. No. Realistically, yeah. you know. Cause it's, it's much better if the game designers know how powerful they want you to be and yeah. they design specific equipment for that power level yes. and then they can match that all through the game. Yeah. And they can match your enemies. And Yep, yep. But then, of course, you've got the Oblivion kind of stuff where you can go anywhere you want in the world. You can be level one and go to the level 80 area and get killed when the monster just looks at you. Good. That's awesome. I love that Well, stuff. yeah, except but those ones are the ones where they've got lots of crafting. Yeah, true. So then true, true. you find the super rare component in the, <laughs> in the lobby of the super area. Uh, one, yeah. And then you can make one item. You can make yourself a really good weapon or make yourself a really good piece of armor. Mm, mm. So we'll see what they do. We'll see what they yeah, do. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, was there any other mechanics that sort of stood out for you with these games that you really liked? Um, I didn't like the mini games in general. I thought the mini games were pretty much just a waste. No, particularly when they were like in Mass Effect, when it was so repetitive. Yep. When every time you had to pick a lock, you had to do that mini game. Yeah, that was just ridiculous, wasn't it? it? Like you just spent forever just doing the same. Like I didn't. I'm, I want to play a space warrior, not. Oh no, that wasn't. That was um. Pipe Dream was uh, Bioshock, didn't Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I think when you're talking minigames for something like Mass Effect, you remember the Lair of the Shadow Broker, I think it was, the DLC, where you got in that hover car and you had to chase the rogue Spectre in the hover car? Oh. Why don't I remember that? Oh, terrible. Yeah, so there's this, this one bit that... And, and that's my idea of what a mini, of what a mini game should be. It was very different to the standard gameplay, mm. but it was just one section. You only did it once. Yep. And you either loved it or hated it. And if you yeah. loved it, you just go back to your save just before you did that bit, and you keep playing it over and over and over again. And keep going. Or if yeah. you're crap at those things like I am, you die anyway, and you have to play it over and over and, and over, over again. again. By the time I finally finished it, I was glad never to have to play it again. Again, you know, yeah, kind of but thing. Yeah, mm. in something like Mass Effect, that's the kind of mini game yeah. you should have, not a repetitive lock picking mini game. Or yeah, or I think at least what I would have liked maybe with the um, with the planet scanning thing because I didn't mind the planet uh, scanning planet at the scanning. start. The first yeah. year I was like, oh, this is exciting. I'm scanning planets. I'm finding stuff. Oh, look at all that ESO. That's the oh, biggest yeah, deposit I've ever seen. Oh my god, so much ESO. And then you're like, oh my god, no, it's not rich. I'm not bothering about <laughs> yeah, that. Not <laughs> Uh, bugger off they could have just made it so that as you went through the game that mini game became redundant and just disappeared so that you could maybe work up to a planet hit a button and it would just scan and find it all for you because you'd upgraded your ship to the point where it could just do that now yeah automated thing. drones and you know, yeah, whatever you, you know so at least that a way scanning net sort of thing yeah, yeah. Or whatever reason you want to just basically put it in there so it's like oh we got this thing and it's nice and it gives you the idea and makes you feel it but then you're just like oh it's gone now because you've done it too many times sort of and thing and this is a point in the podcast where we use a sound bite and we have Edie going, probe Uranus. Probe Uranus. Really? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, classic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, memorable characters. A Joker and, um, and Edie, their little backwards and forth banter and like, um, you know, trying to touch on the idea of like relationships between a human and a, and, a, and a synthetic, synthetic kind of thing, which is that's probably one of the reasons why I end up picking the synthetic ending in Mass Effect Three was because of their relationship they had through it, yeah. showing that humans and machines can have something there, and we artificially shackle the machines. 
yes. you know, to make them dumb and keep them in line kind of thing. Well, and they could be and the reveal in Legion stuff where you go into the Geth Matrix and you see, mm. you know, the Geth were merely asking questions about their own identity and stuff and the Quarians got scared. Yeah. And the Quarians were actually the aggressors and not the Geth not at the Geth all. Not the Geth at all, you know. So, yeah, that, that very... Yeah, very sensitive and well well, well told, I thought. Yep. Very Absolutely. good. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, my initial thought was the synthesis ending was the good ending as well. Yeah, because it kind of- Everybody gets to live. Yeah, everyone gets to live. You sort of eliminate the problem of geth, of synthetics and humans living together kind of thing and, and whatnot. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> oh, that's what I said earlier about the ending. The ending itself being bad didn't bother me. What what ruined Mass Effect Three for me, and I maybe this will change in the future, but that last mission, yes, and I yes, the fact was... that what I wanted and what I in my and this is maybe my own fault for creating my own expectations for what the game should be, but the suicide mission in Mass Effect Two where you get to pick the different characters to do different things, such a good ending, was yeah, very amazing clever. bit of gameplay. It was very impactful about it. Um, you know ab- about what happens to your characters, and you know you get to pick you get to pick your team and sit like a real commander does kind of thing. Yeah, you awesome. have to know your team and their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I just wanted to do that again. I spent yes. the whole game collecting all these resources. I I wanted when I picked up the Elcor artillery, right, and yes. I thought about those guys with rocket launchers on their backs running into <laughs> battle. I went, that's freaking awesome. I want to see that. I'm going to get, and I thought in my head, I will see that when I get to use them in the final mission, like. And then it didn't happen, and I'm like, oh, my God. So before I even got to the ending, I was already – and it was, that was an ep- epic battle. Like, that was an epic fight to make it through all those different things. Like, yeah, you had to work for it. And all the brutes in, in, like, really narrow corridors. You had the brutes yeah. charging at you. And then right at the end, when you've yep. got those rocket tank things, you've got those <sighs> – was that three of the banshees coming? Three the ban- that was – I died so many kill times. you. Yeah, so And one of them is Morinth as well. Did you know that? Oh, but isn't that only if you don't... So if you don't kill, kill Morinth, yeah, so you have to not kill, kill Morinth in Mass yep. Effect 2. Yeah. Which means, yeah, and then in wow. Mass Effect 3, one of those, I think it's one of those Banshees right at the end of the game, if you yep. look at her name, yep. it doesn't say Banshee, it says Morinth. Oh, that's so cool. Little things like that are awesome. Yeah, tiny but little like, touch. Why yeah. couldn't I call in some resources to help back me up? I spent the whole time building up these resources. Like, Yeah, you built these Asari Commandos and you get them to come and... Help you stop the. It's the way they just teleported towards you and then stuck their claws in you. Oh, yes. Nice graphic ending as well. It's it was, seeing myself yeah. impaled by one of those things. Yes. Tough. But yeah, that, that really disappointed me. And that I want the, this when it's again with this with Andromeda, I want that same thing again. I want to build up something. The suicide ending. Uh, so yeah. What, the suicide you know, mission or, ending. Yeah. Get to learn your squad mates, work out how you wanted to deploy them and actually have it have a meaning. Yeah. An impactful to meaning end. to the impactful ending. Impactful Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, I actually, mm. in one of my multiple playthroughs of Mass Effect 2, I intentionally tried to kill everybody off mm. during the suicide ending, that even to the point where I got Shepard killed as well. Oh, to see the to... ending when Joker does all the ending stuff instead of Shepard does all the ending stuff. Uh, and even that, I even found that really quite rewarding because yeah. I didn't like my Shepard. I specifically did a whole playthrough oh. with the Shepard that I didn't like just so I could kill him at the end. Excellent. You wouldn't feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, and just watching so, everybody get bumped off all the way through and it's, it's like the dirty dozen and slowly one by one they're all getting knocked off. off. So did you – oh, you died because no one was there to grab you. No one was there to grab me because Joker oh. had to pilot the ship. Yes. And I'd got everybody yes. else killed yes. by making really bad choices of who I sent where. And Excellent. when Shepard jumps, yep. he misses the ship yep. and he falls. He plummets. To death. And, of course, you can't continue that playthrough into Mass Effect 3 because Shepard's dead, dead which know. was also a nice attention to detail. That is good. So you actually tried to import it and said, no, you can't do no, it. No, when you do the import choices, that, that save wasn't there. It just wasn't there. Yeah. Oh. So I think I'd call him Dud Shepard. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> Shepard's safe game didn't, game, yeah. didn't come up as a choice. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, it was. Very cool. I really like that. Do There won't be any safe imports then in Andromeda then because it's so separated out in time and space. Like no, literally exactly. time and space, yeah. So. But is it going to be a trilogy? So are you going to be able to carry on this gameplay to another oh, game? I so. They haven't even really talked about that, have they? Whether it's going to be the start of a new series? I guess they'll probably wait to see how good. Yeah, how well it goes, know, what the reception's and, like. Like before they commit to doing another one. Another. Yeah. Well, I have got a few things to say on Andromeda, my yeah. thoughts and hopes, but I think we'll leave that for the, the Thoughts and Hopes podcast, which we'll do next, hopefully. Yeah. Well, well next time we're going to do, uh, we're going to go back and do a replay. 
for the next one. Go yes. back and play some of the one, two, and three. Because obviously, yes. like we, I haven't played any of the games. I don't know. Since the well, last thing I played was Mass Effect Three, just after the DLC came out, where you find out about the Reapers. Oh yeah, why was that DLC? Well, you find yeah. <laughs> out where the antagonists come from, the major antagonists. You find out all about their backstory, yeah. and it's locked behind a DLC. DLC. I blame I blame um, EA for that one. That's oh, just the their money grubbing sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna lay the lay that at their feet. Yeah, uh, I, so. I actually found that more insulting than the the Javik Prothean squad member being uh, yeah. day one content locked behind a DLC See. paywall. Look, uh, you know, day one DLC. I understand now. They're still making the game. They've they've, they've pressed it and it's gone off to manufacturing. You know, so they they got some downtime to make some more content. So that's okay. Yeah, like, but major not major, major story reveals like massive. We you know, where the actual yeah. antagonist come from. But someone who loves the story in the world the most is the most thing you get enjoy about it. Yeah. You're gonna lock that away behind it yeah. for me. You know that was a bit that was a bit rough. And I felt that conversation in the bottom of the ocean with a with with yeah the Leviathan. The Leviathan. It, it was right. as impactful for me as the Mass Effect One conversation with Sovereign. Yes. When you first finally find out how like, alien and different this creature is, and yeah. then the Leviathan was the same. He yep. was just so different from all other biological life on the planet. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah. It'd be like the last of your race that was converted into Reapers, and you're still existing in the bottom of the ocean, hiding like. 20, 30,000 years later. I don't know how long it's been since they were first turned into Reapers. Yeah, I'm going to have to play that. I'm going to specifically have to play that DLC again because I've only played that through once and I do remember yeah. it having a big impact, but I can't remember the specifics of it anymore. Yeah. So we're going to go back and because, um, as I said, we haven't played it in quite some time. So go back and do a bit of a, a challenge playthrough. I play a bit of number two, three, and I'm definitely going to play the start of one again because I really want to know. I remember being sucked straight in from the beginning of that game, but I don't remember a lot about the start of number one. I want to go back and experience that again and see what that's like. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins? You remember Leroy Jenkins? Was he a character? Leroy Jenkins. Of course. Pay attention to the names of your starting companions in Mass Effect 1. It better be Leroy and Jenkins then. (laughs) No, it's not Uh, Leroy and Jenkins. One of them is Caden. Oh, yeah, of course. I'll give you that clue. Of course, yep, yep. One of them is Caden and the other one has a very interesting name. Okay. Considering he runs forward and gets killed. Killed, yeah, yeah. Despite the good planning by Shepard and Caden. Oh, my God. That's subtle. I I completely missed that. Yeah. Obviously. That was cool. So yeah, we invite any any of you guys out there listening to go back and, and have a play of 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 them and see what you remember about them. What do you like about them? What don't you like about them? What what sticks out again? You know, after after so many years of going back. I mean, when was Mass Effect One released? Oh my goodness, that what? was a long time ago. I remember that Mass Effect ago. Two came out on Australia Day in two thousand and twelve. Was okay. it? Okay, I remember it was Australia Day. Yep. Yep. January 26th for everyone who mm-hmm. doesn't know when Australia is. <laughs> um, but, oh, crikey, Mass Effect. This is where we need our researcher. Ben, the researcher. Yeah, yeah. We Can need our shadow broker back. again. And I remember mm. it was, and this is really unusual for Australia. It's not so unusual for other other countries around the world. But there was, and particularly in Adelaide, there was a poster with the Normandy on it. Oh, wow. This really? This is for the ads for actual Mass Effect. Wow. There was a poster with the Normandy on it. It was an Xbox ad. Wow. And yeah, it was a big Xbox title for them, big score for them to have. That's right. I remember. Well, that. it was exclusive, wasn't yeah. it? To, yeah, the start the there. Yeah, it was. I was quite pissed off. Yes, because I cause I love Knights of the Republic, and I'm like, I want to get some, and like I didn't have an Xbox One, uh, uh, 360. Was so. it the 360? So if it yeah. was the 360, then oh, I can't remember the date. No, I'm not even going to try and remember it. Yeah, it was a long time. It was, it was a long, long time, time ago, ago, though. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back, play some Mass Effect 1, play some Mass Effect 2 from multiple save points too. Yeah. Um, I'm like a – I think I keep about five active saves going, so I should have quite a few saves from various points, points. and just refresh my memory. Yeah. And, yeah, I do remember the downloadable content for Mass Effect 2 mm. was really good. I enjoyed all of the downloadable content, the stories, yep. not the extra guns and the extra yep. character, the cosmetic stuff. I didn't bother with that, but no. I found all of the story stuff really good. Mm. And, again, just the the guy who plugged his brother in so he could talk to the oh. – Plugged his brother into the computer yeah. so that they could. What was he trying to? I can't remember what he was trying to talk to now. It wasn't the Geth. And maybe it was the Geth. He was trying to talk to the Geth because his brother was a. Yeah. Oh, that was nasty, wasn't it? And he, yeah. Like, talking to you through the. That actually reminded me a little bit of. Um, a little bit. Uh, System Shock. 
Yes, kind it of was. Thing, you know, and uh, what's her name? Is Glados? Jodan. 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 Glados is uh, Portal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a really feel like really creepy. Oh, yeah. That was that was a good. It was. It was mm. just a very you know simple kind of thing, but yeah, horror, you know, Lovecraftian horror kind of stuff. Yeah, Lovecraftian. That's yeah. definitely a good word yeah. to use for it. And did you see his brother in there? What an asshole. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and of course, if you played the Renegade, you told him as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was all very good. And then getting to play Liara again in the Lair of the Shadow Broker. And, mm. Yeah, that was very good. And all the little touches, like all the dossiers they had on all your crewmates. And once you actually yeah. got to the Shadow Broker's Lair. Yeah. Um, yeah, the very DLC good DLC. was good. Yeah, definitely felt like it was... It was worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and worth paying the extra money money for it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We can go on a rant about price of games and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of neither here nor there. That's what it is. They charge what they charge. So, yeah. particularly in Australia as well. So, we just have to yes. suck it up. The Australia tax. Yes, yes. Well, we suck if you keep buying it for that much money. Speaking of which, did you pre order Andromeda? I've got a pre order story for you. I went to pre order oh. it today. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Okay. So, I did a little yep. bit of research on the interwebs. Yes, on the interwebs. So, and this is, I'm really surprised. So, there is four versions of Mass Effect Andromeda that I can suss out, or okay. at least four versions. So, there's a standard version, which gets you the game. Yeah. Then there's a collector's edition, which gets you either the remote-controlled Nomad or the static Nomad and no copy of the game. And then there's the deluxe edition and the super deluxe edition, which the deluxe edition comes with... Um, some cosmetic stuff and a, and a weapons pack and another suit of armor, I think. Okay. And one multiplayer random pack. Oh. And then the Super Deluxe Edition comes with all of that plus yep. 20 random multiplayer packs oh, spread across so... the next 20 weeks. But yeah. I, so I wanted the extra gun pack. I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. I like the extra gun. Give me a few extra guns to play with at the start. Yep, all right. Yeah, so I right. tried to find where I could order it. I'd like to go to bricks and mortar stores to encourage them so that they exist still and I can browse through when I've got half an yeah, hour to kill and nothing sure. else to do. But they only had the collector's edition and the standard edition for oh. pre-order. So I went online and I started doing some searching. And yeah, go to EA's store mm-hmm. or I think even Microsoft's store mm. and you can order the deluxe or the super deluxe edition and – and pay the, you know, the Australia tax mm. with no bricks and mortar. We want your business discount on it. Yeah, I thought that's really strange. So I tried all the gaming websites to see if they said anything about mm. these versions not being available in Australia, but there was nothing there. So I have ordered the standard edition, mm. and I'm looking forward to getting it when it comes out. But yep. yeah, I just oh, I thought that was very odd I'll have to go that they've got out. these two other versions, and you I get couldn't them. get them in a bricks and mortar store. I had to order them through the the mm. EA. Origin interface, yeah, which I think also pushed me when I went to get it for Xbox One to the Microsoft. It may have just been there was a Microsoft logo. I may be getting confused there. No, okay, mm, I haven't looked yet to see. Might get the weapons pack. One sounds depending yeah. on the price. I well, you're a PC player, aren't you? You're yeah, playing yeah. on PC, yeah. yeah. And I'm only I am also a PC player for some stuff, but I am I'm staying true to Mass Effect, <laughs> and I've played all my Mass Effects on the Xbox console, so I'm yeah. going to play this one on the Xbox console as well. It's going to be interesting to see if they support a controller on the PC this time around as well. I think they will. Be interesting because yeah, Microsoft's mean, very big on that at the moment. So you get that, mm. you get on the Xbox One, you also get to play it on Windows 10. Thing oh. So I may actually get it for the PC as well without knowing. Really? What's so you get you get another copy of the game? Or? No, you're allowed. You don't get another copy of the game. So the the Microsoft, the new version of what the of what the Microsoft Live service. Okay. That we had so much trouble playing Dawn of War two multiplayer with. Oh my with. god! Oh, against Windows Live. Yeah, that's so it. Against that Windows Live. They've got a new version of that that yeah. picks up that you've got it for the Xbox and oh. lets you play it on the oh. Windows ten PC. Interesting. So Gears of War, uh, Halo, the new Halo one, I think there's a few oh. games that are in that. So we'll see if Andromeda is in that as well. Oh, that'd be interesting. Having the option is great. I mean, I should be able to play the game wherever you want. That's it. Yeah. It shouldn't matter and whatever. So yeah. oh, that's cool. And I'm going to give the multiplayer a bit of a go as well because I actually did enjoy the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I didn't mind it. I, I didn't like okay. its impact on the single player story. I thought that was unnecessary, but I did actually mm. get into it. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I'm not a huge... I didn't like the random number generator reward system. I hate... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. when you said about the... Uh, I noticed when you talking about the pre-orders that there was a bunch of crates and stuff, more RNG crap. Yeah, I really don't 
like that sort of thing. No. <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind like randomized rewards, but I want also a, another mechanic that lets me progress towards a, a reward. Something that you specifically want. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, like And I, maybe I, it costs ten times as much as buying one random pack. Maybe. But you at know, least it gives yeah. you the option to go for the to thing that that you're actually interested well, in. You know? At least like, then the random stuff becomes a bonus yeah. on top. It keeps you playing as well. I think it kind of misses I, I'm not a gambler. Maybe if you're like you're more of a gambling sort of person, then the yeah. RNG has that sort of appeal to me. But all I feel is just like betrayed when I don't get anything yeah. out of an RNG. Well, good news for you. Yeah. Apparently, in Andromeda, in the multiplayer, if you're ever yep. interested in playing the multiplayer, is they are going to have like an in-game store that's going to have specials. So, say you want um, what's his name, Nifdu Cal, the biotic god. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Say they biotic put him god. in as a player, and that's the one you really want. Yeah. You just hang on to your currency, your in-game currency, uh. until Nifdu Cal. Pops yep. as this week's store special, and then you can, and then you can go up. and buy them. Oh, that's good. So that sounds All good right. to me. I like that's the kind of thing I would do there, as well. Yeah, thing. yeah. So if you are a gambler, you can get the random packs, and if you're not a gambler, you can stockpile and buy it when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I am looking forward to replaying these games a bit. I, I wish I could I wish I could sit down and do a replay of all three games. For yeah, full that would replay. be amazing with but, all uh, the DLC as well. Yeah, yeah. That would be. Um, I might take a week off work to do that. I think. <laughs> I'm do that. That might not be. But yeah, impressed. I guess if we challenge ourselves to a couple of hours on each game, and yeah, definitely, then we can bring our thoughts back to the next podcast. Yep. Indeed. And everyone out there listening, if you want to play some of your old games and uh, of your old saves, and put some comments on the comments, are we going to have a comment section? I don't know. I haven't thought that about it yet. Okay. Maybe yes. Have we'll a comment. Now that you mentioned it, we'll have comments on the comment section. Yeah, and then I people suppose. can say what they what they remember, what they liked, and and what's yeah. that's the thing I'm looking forward to being surprised about something that I've forgotten. That's what I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I purposely didn't play any of them, even though I was tempted to, just so that I'd have it all from my memory and see what I did remember and what I didn't about it. Because some games I don't remember anything about. I'm like, I just like, yeah, I played it, and I'm like, oh, did I even play that? I don't even remember yeah. anything about it. These yeah. ones, though. Yeah, you know, I remember a lot about Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. definitely impactful gaming. Well, thank you, Tony. Fantastic episode. Thank you, Luke. Yes. And we'll see you next week. In the words of the Elcor. Genuine Furries. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet.